You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com. Father, please, your word is truth. Your word is light. Your word is love. Lord, let those things pour into us as we hear the word of God that, uh, that the Holy Spirit would have control of what I say and how it's received, Lord. Lord, I'd ask that you would be present at this time, dear Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. If you've got a paper Bible with you or an electronic Bible with you, you can open to Psalms 39 because it's the summer of Psalms again. This is the most brilliant idea your pastor ever had. Hopefully they're recording this so you can hear me say that he's brilliant. <laughs> Smart enough to know me and to give me a call every now and then. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not that, uh, maybe I am that uh, selfish and self-centered, maybe. But the word of God, Psalm 39, I said, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are in my presence. I was mute and silent. I refrained from even from good and my sorrow grew worse. <clears throat> my heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Lord, make me know my end. And what are the extent of my days? Let me know how transient I am. Behold, you have made me, you have made my days as a hand breadth. And my life is as nothing in your sight. Surely every man at his best is a mere breath, Shelah. Surely every man walks about as a phantom. Surely uh, they make an uproar for nothing. They amass riches, he amasses riches and does not know who will gather them. And now, Lord, what do I wait for? What do I wait? My hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Make me not a reproach of foolish of, of the foolish. I have become mute. I do not open my mouth because it is you who have done it. Remove your plague from me. Because of your opposition, the opposition of your hand, I am perishing. With, re- with reproofs, you chastise a man with the net for inequity. You consume as a moth what is precious to him. Surely every man is a mere breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Do not be silent at my tears, for I am a stranger with you, a sojourner like my father. Turn your gaze away from me, that that I may smile again before I depart and am no more. When I first started getting ready to do any talk about this, I had some struggle getting some uh, clarity about what this was until I focused on the author, which is David. Uh, In the very first part, I will guard my ways, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue, uh, that I may guard my mouth uh, as a, a mouth with as with a muzzle, 
while the wicked are in my presence. I was mute and silent, I refrained even from good, and my sorrow grew worse. Uh, those of you that know me, I'm ministry leader for Celebrate Recovery in Hastings here. I've been all kinds, of, I've had all kinds of titles because of Celebrate Recovery. The main part about recovery meetings is we open our mouths and we talk. We try not to talk uh, in, about things that would be considered gossip. But in a recovery group, you're going to hear a lot of complaining. Um, now, David, uh, he had a lot to complain about. God anointed him king and then made him wait years, run and hide from another king for years before he got to sit on the throne. Once he got to sit on the throne, his own son came along, Absalom came along, and tried to kill him, made him run away from his, from his kingdom and hide from him and go to war. That, that's what... David's life was. He was, a, he was a warrior, a battler. He had all kinds of struggles with all kinds of things and plenty of stuff to complain about. But when he took this oath to be, to guard his mouth as with a muzzle while the wicked are in my presence, that meant he did not complain about the things that were going on, the things that he thought God was doing to him. He didn't complain about those things, especially to people that were enemies, that didn't understand, that were gossips, uh, naysayers, and evildoers. He didn't complain in front of those people. If he, took, if he had a complaint, he took it directly at God. He wrote those things down. We see that all through, all through Proverbs, Psalms, um, you can see Solomon doing that in Ecclesiastes. There's all kinds of places where you see these great men complaining, but it's not to other men. So, let me check my notes here. <laughs> this heat... That we've been experiencing. I don't know how many of you have to be working outside, but I do. Uh, there is an abundance of work for my business right now, more than I've ever seen. And now I'm old. And I can't do what I used to do when I was 30 or 35 or 40 or 50 or really young like that, you know? Um, <laughs> But I'm still expected to do the same thing. Uh, to find help is even harder. To find somebody that's willing to go out and, stay and stand this heat and just to do that for a dollar is not an easy thing. A lot of people don't want to do a thing. I have all these things to complain about, and I'll do it over and over and over and over again. I'll stand and talk to other contractors. We all have the same issue. Can't find anybody to do any work, or if you can't find anybody to hire, they won't work. And if you hire them, they might show up. They might not. Um, it's wages have never been so high, but mon money's never been so cheap. So, how's this all balance out? There's so much confusion and chaos going on right now. I always find myself going back to the word to see. 
where I should be and what I'm doing. And then I get convicted with this, that this king that had way more to lose than I had to lose kept his mouth quiet. He turned to the Lord and he talked to the Lord about the things that were oppressing him. And he talked to the Lord as if he was his friend. Uh, my heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue to make, uh, to make me, uh, Lord, make me know the extent of my days. That's not a complaint. That's a request. Lord, make me know the extent of my days. <clears throat> Let me know how transient I am. Do we realize how transient we really are? If I live another 20 years, I'm going to get to enjoy, in my lifetime, 4,316 weekends. Which, I just made fun of somebody for taking a day off. Um, I take more than that off, and, and, but I can still make fun of people for doing it. <laughs> anyway, you know, that's, what, that's what I have my entire lifetime. So right now, I've got 1,040 of them left. That just seems like an awful lot of weekends, doesn't it? Until you start looking for a perfect weekend. Guys that ride and old guys that ride know what a perfect weekend is. 72 degrees, no wind, a little bit of clouds, a little bit of sun, and plenty of places to stop. So that's a perfect weekend. Averaging it out as the weather patterns happen in Nebraska, I've got 340 of them left. What am I doing with those weekends? What, what am I doing? Am I doing something that's productive for my, that is productive for the Lord, or am I doing just things that are, are uh, pleasurable for me? Oh, I love to go for a ride. I love to go for a ride. But I do not love going for a ride more than I love the Lord. I love to spend time with my family. I don't get enough time with my family. I don't get enough time with my friends to go and do things. Um, but I get plenty of time with the Lord because I make the time with the Lord daily. I do those things for my betterment, myself, and I try and do those things for, the, for people around me. We're coming up on, at our Celebrate Recovery here in Hastings. We're coming up on 20 years that we've been serving this ministry, which means for 20 years I've donated every Saturday of my life to a ministry that helps other people. And I'm the one that's getting healed. That's, there's thousands and thousands of people have come through our group, new people, old people. Uh, some stay, some move on, some don't like what we do. Some really don't appreciate what we do. Some fall in love with what we do and they stay. Others take the tools that we've given them, which is the purpose of what Celebrate Recovery is supposed to do and what I like to do, 
Give people tools. Let them go back and use those tools in their life to serve the Lord somewhere, somehow. If it's in their family, great. If it's in their church, that's fantastic. If it's in the community, once again, that's a wonderful thing to do. Because the pleasure that brought us to this point where we're at this point of complaint, where I'm telling people I'm an alcoholic and I'm always going to be an alcoholic and the alcoholic's got so much control over me and blah, 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 blah. From that point to I'm here to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and whatever he says I will do. Wherever I'm called I will go. Those are the things that the word has put back into my life that the, that the world and Satan and sin has always been trying to take away. And they take it away so frequently that daily I have to remind myself, stop complaining about this thing. Look what the Lord's doing with this. Look at the blessing that you have. How can you complain? I can still do it. But I'm getting presence of mind that I don't do that. Well, my situation some days is, it seems like it's insurmountable and it's worse than anybody else's problems ever. Ever. The things that I have to go through are so terrible and awful until I really listen to somebody with a broken heart. Talk about something that just has crushed them or held them hostage or kept them away from the Lord. And not even away from the Lord, but it kept them on their knees in front of the Lord where they're not serving others, but they're only begging for an answer. I don't want to spend those precious weekends chasing after wind. All those things that I get to do, all those things that I can accomplish for myself, for my own pleasure, which the Lord will allow me, all those things. He doesn't tell me I have to give up any of them. He tells me that those are for my pleasure. He's for my good. Now, I get to make the decision which way I'm going to go. Just like David gets to make the decision where he was going to go. So, I probably got way ahead of myself here, but that's okay, Larry. Uh, <clears throat> Surely every man walks about as a fam phantom. Surely uh, they make an uproar for nothing. Uh, he amasses riches and does not know who will gather them. There's a, there's a, pro there's a parable in Luke. I think it's Luke 12. Uh, I think. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's Luke 12. Um, in that parable, it talks about the man. He has a barn full of, full of goods and he has a really abundant crop. So he knocks down that barn. He builds a great big another one. Maybe more than one, fills it all the way up, gets everything full. Everything's looking really, really good for this guy. And he says, Man, I got it made for years. Nothing left to do for me but just to relax and enjoy my wealth. And that night, the Lord demanded his soul. And he had no one to take the wealth, he had no idea. Who was going to use that? What he worked so hard to build it for himself is gone. And it didn't matter at all anymore. The things that, are going, that we're going to build here, 
that are really going to matter are the things that pertain to eternity in heaven, our own eternity in heaven. I want to send as many ahead of me as possible. I want people to know Jesus because I want, I want a full house. I don't want an empty seat when I get to heaven. I want to see the people that I've loved here, which is you guys. Even if I don't know you, I can tell you I love you, and I do. That's not from me. That's the Holy Spirit moving in me, and... I've tried to block that, change it, or do, I've even tried to drink it away, but it doesn't work. Uh, and God says, no, 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 you just keep loving these people. But they stink, and they're lazy, and I don't like them. You don't have to like them, you have to love them. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little conversation, me and God there. Um So, in, in doing all of that, in doing what I just described there, with that building up of your riches, you know, and now, Lord, for what do I wait? My hope and prayer for everybody in this room, especially for myself, is when I ask, what am I waiting on? I'm hoping that I put I, that I'm waiting for the hope that I put in Jesus Christ. Now, my hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Make me not to reproach the foolish. When we complain, especially to non-believers, the people that know we are Christians, if you go up and you say, I'm a Christian man, I go to the well, I enjoy the way Joe teaches, I love the music here. I love this place. People love me here. This is my home church. People know that about you because they should know that about you. It should not be a secret that you love the place where you worship. That's all. You just talked about worship. That's about giving up your whole heart to everything. People should be able to see that your heart is in the right place. But once you start complaining, Satan's going to take that, tickle their ears with it. It's a lie. If they love their church and they love their, they love their Lord, they wouldn't be complaining. So how much do you really love the Lord? That puts a bad light on our God. We're not responsible for lighting our Lord up. We can't do that. He's way too bright. But... When it comes to reaching others for the Lord, you just put a stumbling block in your road because you complained it was too hot that day. Because the Lord can't take care of me. It's so hot. I have the privilege of working with a Mexican crew that has done me a world of good. I tell them every time I see them, every time I'm around them, they're a blessing from God to me. Because they can do things that I can't do, and they're willing to do those things to help me out and to help themselves out. Good Christian men, that when one of them gets hurt, they all stop and pray. It's amazing to see that. These guys are a church in their own on a job site all day long. I would love it if people could see that about me all day long. But I could see that about them. Um, 
I say, man, it's hot out today. And they put on another coat. <laughs> they do. They'll put on a hoodie and climb up on a roof where it's 120 degrees, and I'm thinking, you guys are crazy. And they're thinking, man, he's crazy. That, that white guy, he's local. <laughs> local in the capace. Why has he got no clothes on? The sun's going to melt him. Uh, you know, uh, I don't understand because I, I put on too many clothes. I'm, I'm going to die from the heat. And, but they've, they've tempered themselves to uh, be able to endure that. But when you watch them get down off that roof and strip off that jacket and lay in the grass, they're praising God for the nice coolness of the grass, even though it's 95 degrees outside. That really, that's the kind of guy I want to be. I don't want to be this one that complains all the time. And I'm still doing it. And I know that. And I want that to change. Have I asked the Lord to change that in me? Probably not. Because if I had... He would. I told you all a little while ago that I love you. And I can say that open, with an open heart and fully mean it. I love you. I don't even know some of you, but I still love you. The Lord changed that in me one day when there was a man that I really did not want to deal with. He kept coming to my meetings. He was a nasty guy. Just nasty. I really had nothing good to say about him. I wanted to beat him up most of the time. I would cringe when he'd walk in the door. And I kept getting this thought from God that he's putting him there for me to love. Because this is what this man needs is love. So I argued with God. Standing in my church, and there's a point, there's the three points in the church where I can see just about everything that's going on. I stood right there, and I looked up at the ceiling, and I said, God, if you want me to love, if you want this guy loved through me, you got to do it, because I can't, and it won't. And God said, yeah, you will. Two weeks later, I was looking for this man because I was afraid that he might have died or something had happened to him, and I was in a panic trying to find him. I did not want that, but I asked that. Ever since then, that's when this love thing poured into me, and I can tell everybody that I love them. I got way more than what I asked for because the Lord knows how to take care of me. How dare I complain in front of a non-believer that it's too hot, or I don't have enough, or I want more. How dare I do that? <clears throat> Those are my transgressions. Those are the things that make me a reproach to the foolish. They make my religion look fake. So I've become mute, and I do not open my mouth because it is you who have done it. When I turn to the Lord, he's going to stop me from this complaining. Remove your plague from me because the oppression, the opposition of your hand, because of the opposition of your hand, I am perishing.
What was David talking about when he said that? I might have the answer here on my phone if I can get it opened up. This may have been just David saying, notice the, asking God just to notice the things that, are, that he feels like they're crushing him. I've just done that in front of you guys. The, the things that are crushing me are my complaints. The things that are crushing me are the things that I tend to complain about. Those things crush me not because God's crushing me with them. He allows those things to happen and I feel like I'm like I'm dying because of it. Like I'm perishing because of what the Lord has decided needs to happen with me. He's, he is talking about this just, uh, just as you might ask your dad, um, why did you beat me over that? Why did I get spanked because I stepped out in the street too quick? That when you put yourself in a dangerous spot, your parent is supposed to reprimand you, punish you some way. Punishment now is way different than it was when I was a child. When I was, what, I, what punishment was then is now jail time <laughs> for parents. It is. Uh, but how many times did the spanking save my life? How many times... Did I absolutely have to be reprimanded for the stupidity that I was about to do or that I had already done? That's what God does. He lets us know. He'll allow us to do stupid things, but he lets us know that was really stupid and this is going to cost you. Um, um, that's, we still have... We still have the right to complain to God. He didn't take that away from us. We can complain to him about that all day long. It does not change who God is. It doesn't hurt his feelings. He understands that you don't understand, that I don't understand. But he doesn't do those things to harm us ever. Not ever. Let's see where we're going from here. He doesn't because we're precious to him, and it says so right here in the Word. And surely every man is a mere breath. But we're precious to God. We're just that compared to God. In the sight of God, in the way that the world is, the way the planet goes, that's all we are. It's just basically a breath. And he still cares about us enough to punish us and allow us to complain to him. So, in conclusion, we come to verse 12, which is a prayer. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Do not be silent at my tears, for I am a stranger with you, a sojourner like my father's. Turn your gaze away from me, that I may smile again uh, before I depart and am no more. Don't be silent to our tears, Lord. 
Give us the answers for the requests that we made that are in your will. This is what David's asking for. I'm a stranger. Uh, I'm a stranger with you. I'm a stranger on this planet. Because of Jesus Christ, I'm not a stranger to God. When I'm in Christ and He's in me, I'm covered with His blood and God sees His loved, His beloved Son. He doesn't see the mess that I made out of Larry. He sees His little boy. That's who I am. That's who you are when you come before the Lord now. David didn't have that privilege. He didn't have Christ. He had what he had to work at and try and strive for, and he did that the rest of his life. Um, Turn your gaze away from me, that I may smile again before I depart and am no more. Because of Jesus Christ, I can ask God to look on me so I can smile before I am no more. It's because Jesus that I get to say, I'm a loved child, a loved, adopted child of God. You get to say that too. When Christ is in you, when you've accepted salvation from the Lord, He's your Lord. When you make Him your Lord in your heart and in your mind, you'll act like He's your Lord. Salvation is something different than uh, than the obligation to a Lord. Salvation is just that free gift. The, the uh, lordship of my life is what's required of me now because of that salvation. Because he loved me way before I could love him. God bless you all. Let me say a little prayer for us all and uh, we'll move on. Father, thank you for this night, or for this day, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you for David and his life. I thank you for all the lives in here. Lord, I'd ask that the complaints would be turned into praise, that the, the worries would be turned into joy, and the hardship would be healed by our Lord Jesus Christ. It's his name we pray. Amen. You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com.